Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. This is a time where I teach compassionate communications, inspire resilience, and provide perspective. And today, as oftentimes happens, I have in the studio with me, the hotness. Hey, babe. Hi. Hi. <laughs> That's the extent of what we get. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So, um, so the hotness and I have, have recently had some, uh, some adventures, right? We have had some adventures. That sounds like we've been like, you know, ziplining or something. Yeah. It, this hasn't been ziplining through a jungle or kayaking, uh, in the ocean or whitewater rafting, anything quite that adventurous. Uh, but we were really just happy to get out of the house. <laughs> we True. were happy to get back on an airplane uh, for the first real business travel in roughly a year. So uh, in the last year, there has really only been one or two times that I've been on an airplane. Both of those times were when we went to visit family in Missouri. And this is the first time, I believe, uh, about a week or two ago, that we had actually gotten on an airplane to fly to a different state to actually do what I do. It was the first time uh, in almost a year I had given a speech in front of a live audience. Man, did I miss it. Man, have I missed it. I didn't realize until we got there how much I missed it. And that makes me wonder if, if while I have missed that time of being with people, um, since that time has gone from spending 100 nights on the road or, or eh, at least 100 nights a year on the road till now, whenever I haven't hardly done any business travel in a year, my question for you, Hotness, is are you tired of me being home? Can I answer honestly? Honestly? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> tired of me being home, yes. Uh, but you're also t- <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I understand. I'm not the easiest person to live with all the no, time. No, because it's it's you. We our lifestyle was very um, much that you 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 were gone a lot, and I'm very much of an introvert. So when you're gone, that's when I get big projects done, and you know I know some of you some of you people understand me. When your partner's gone, you you pull everything out and you you get the big projects done you organize the closets to the refrigerators or you read that book you know in peace that you've been meaning to read or you do the things that you do um you know you have the quiet dinners or whatever it is if if you're prone that way and uh so all of a sudden we went from many nights alone many days alone to zero yeah zero not even meals alone uh, not even the nine to five alone. Um, so it was, it's been a big adjustment. Not that I don't adore you, but <laughs> to go from, you know, days apart, typically in a year, weeks apart, typically to zero, uh, we did really well. Yeah. It's really been, well. it has, living. it has, so. right. We're both living, <laughs> we're both still alive after the last year and a half. It's, it's been um, certainly a paradigm shift, as it has been for most everyone out there in the world. Um, I think, though, that people that, that, that work a typical 9-to-5 type job where you go in the office every day or you go in the clinic or uh, you go to the hospital, um, 
those who who don't live half their lives on the road, uh, it may not have been quite as big of, a, of an adjustment. But for me, whenever I spend several days a week in airports and airplanes and hotels and with audiences and clients, uh, it's been a big, big adjustment. And part of it, I have to admit, it, it was good. It was good to stay home and rest Absolutely. for a while. And we're, for very, a while. <laughs> we're very fortunate. We're not we're not downplaying the fact that we're super super fortunate. We we love that we get to work together and all all those things too. Um, it's just been a big shift. Just a big 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 shift. Big shift. Lifestyle. And so this and so after the last year and a half of not traveling, I'm obviously still working. We've been doing virtual presentations and coaching and uh, workshops, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but this was really the first time in a year that I've gotten on a plane and got to go do what I do. And it was trial by fire because this adventure was not just one speech, not two speeches, not one day, but five full days with a client, a hospital client in Southern California. Uh, I don't know if I should say their name or not, but should I? I Whatever. I, I love them. They were wonderful. They were fabulous. Uh, the hospital that I was with was uh, Mission, which is part of Providence St. Joe's Healthcare, and uh, in Mission Viejo, California. Just such a wonderful group of people. Great culture at that hospital. Um, lots of certifications and designations that make it a wonderful, wonderful place to be. And they were also super innovative because for the first time in my 20 plus years of speaking professionally, I spoke in a parking garage. Dun, da, da, da. Dun, da, da, da. Not just once, not twice, but over the course of five days, 12 keynotes in a parking garage. I think we have to say parking structure. Parking structure. I, is it kind of weird to say parking ramp? I don't think the whole thing is a ramp. So I always find that like that, that name a little five silly. Or six stories. I don't yeah. know how many stories. But we were so excited to do it because what else can you do, right? The uh, hospitals have been swamped with uh, with staffing shortages over the last year, especially whenever we've had spikes and surges with COVID. And so hospitals haven't exactly been holding events uh, for training, for inspiration, for education, uh, have not been holding events like they have. So to go out to mission and to do these 12 talks in a parking garage, we were just glad to be anywhere, right? Absolutely. One of the first one of the first questions everybody has asked me so far is, "Was it hot?" Well, two times it was hot, but most of the rest of the time it was just beautiful and pleasant lovely. and absolutely lovely. And it was, I really feel like once we got into uh, the 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 event. People just forgot that it was in a parking garage. They had planned so well. They couldn't plan the weather, but the weather cooperated. But they had planned so well and designed uh, their what they brought out and prepared the structure so well with the staging and the backdrops and how they had um, just accommodated and set up the structure so well and you know they had brought seating and set everyone socially distanced apart um it was absolutely incredible this client had worked so hard to make this happen um 
it was incredible. It was just an incredible event. And you couldn't do this just anywhere, right? We were in Southern California, and it was late September, early October. I don't know if you could hold this same type of an event at a hospital in Florida in July. It would be pretty miserable. Same thing if you were trying to hold an event like this in Minnesota in November, December, January, February. Uh, you could not, you wouldn't have the availability, but I was so excited that that mission was so innovative. And it seems like, wow, we could we have been doing events for the last year had we been holding them in outdoor venues? And certainly it doesn't take a lot of stretch to think that, well, we couldn't do all of them in outdoor venues. We, we couldn't do that. But this time we could. And I know that I've done a podcast previously about the, the three ways that we, that we can generate more compassion. We can cultivate more compassion. There are three proven techniques. Number one is mindfulness and meditation. Number two is gratitude practices. And number three is listening to the stories of others listening to the stories of others. I got very, uh, very much acclimated with that idea of listening to the stories of others while I was at Columbia in the narrative medicine program, because what we do is we actively listen. And people ask me, well, have you missed being out on the road and speaking? I've kind of missed being on the road. That's always kind of exciting. It can be wearing, but it's exciting too. And have I missed speaking? Mm, you know, I'm not an egomaniac. I don't just love listening to myself uh, speak. But what I found that I had missed so much, and I didn't realize how much I missed it, was hearing the stories from my audiences. Um, afterwards, at the book table, signing books, talking to people, talking to those, uh, those people who were at the bedside, um, those audience members who are in the clinics, they hearing those stories. It, whenever I share my story, which is of course dramatic and painful and traumatic, etc., it, it, it naturally opens up a door for those for others to then tell me their stories. What has traumatized them? What has uh, what have they lost? What have they, um, what have they lost? What have they been traumatized by? What has hurt them? And hearing those stories after my keynote is what I have severely, severely missed. That's whenever I know that I'm doing my job right. When people share their stories with me. That means that they have been touched deeply enough by something that I have said to feel comfortable and safe to share their story. And boy, did we hear some stories over those five days in Southern California. Um, many stories of loss of siblings, of loss of parents, spouses, God forbid, but yes, there were a few stories of audience members losing children, um, just stories that could rip your heart out and make you smile at the same time. Because as with so many people, um, I have found redemption in my story. And I feel like 
sharing my story helps other people find the redemption in theirs. That is the greatest honor and gift that I think I can give is, is sharing the story in hopes that it touches something inside of my audiences that makes them say, okay, now I can reframe my own experience, my own trauma, my own loss, and I can look at it from a different perspective. That's whenever I know that I've done my job well, and that is greater than the financial reward that comes from speaking, the my professional work. Um, throw away the money, throw away all of that. The stories that I hear from audiences are how I get paid. Mm. I love that. The, the resiliency that people share, um, hearing their resiliency, the merge of that is so touching and inspires other people, you know? There's just this beautiful growth and redemption in that. Um, you know, I, I was so uh, blown away with sitting there and it felt like my soul was healed in this powerful way being there. And I remember telling you after one of the sessions, this aha moment that was also a duh moment when um, we we're grabbing a bite after one of the sessions going, you know, our whole um, kind of brand is I'm here and we've been virtual for the last year and a half mm -hmm. and we haven't been here in, in a tactile way. And it was so healing for us and um, to, to be in the presence of, of healers. Yeah, that's been the struggle with with what I do is teaching presence without actually being present <laughs> because yes. of distancing, because of technology, etc. Um, this is one of the things that that has been a a struggle uh, in the academic realm with my with my pre meds at Notre Dame too. How do you how do you teach presence without actually being present? Well. I think teaching presence isn't really teaching presence. It's just reminding people about presence because presence is something we know, we feel. All of us have felt it when, when we have been hurting and another person has been present for us during that moment. So, so it's been difficult to share that story without also being able to hold the hands of those in my audiences. It's been hard to, to share those stories without having any feedback of how it is affecting um, those, the listener. And so I, I, I am just blown away and, and even a bit speechless by how much my soul is fed by by the interactions from the audience. It has nothing to do with me enjoying standing up in front of people speaking. Um, I mean, that's just, to me, that's just part of the job. The, the really fun part, the, the most meaningful, uh, the most purpose-filled part of my work is the interaction 
with with caregivers after the talk. And I, I just want to take a moment to publicly say to to Mission Hospital and, and the folks at Laguna too, thank you. Thank you for for coming out. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for sticking with this profession. Whatever you're doing in the world of healthcare, thank you for sticking with it. Uh, this last year and a half has been no cakewalk. We know that already. But thank you for sticking with it. Thank you for still being present to your patients. Thank you for being there for me. And thank you for welcoming the hotness and I into the mission family. Um, if there are other organizations that also want to, to do this kind of thing and give your, your staff something to really feed their soul, please reach out as always. That's what we do. That's what we're here for is to provide that compassionate reminder to those who are at the bedside, just remembering to be present, to be compassionate, and to remember that those that we serve are hurting. So yes. thank you. Thank you, Mission. Yes, they are. And thank you, Mission, as well. And each of you, please remember that that is the power that you have today. Because wherever you are, there is someone in your sphere that you have the power to reach out and touch today with your presence. So reach out and touch them. Yeah, yeah. Reach out and touch someone. So thank you guys so much for being with us for this episode of Compassion and Courage. These are times when I teach compassionate communication, provide perspective, and inspire resilience. Please, please, please remember to rate, subscribe, share, review, any of those things that help us get the podcast boosted up. Uh, in our category, at least as of a week or two ago, we were in the top 25 and that really is a testament to all of you who are listening and going out and rating, reviewing, subscribing, sharing, uh, helping us get this message of compassion and courage into the hearts and ears and minds as many people as we can. So thank you all so much for being with us.